you guys are holding an event here on uh, 10.30 at the Papahua Hui Room over at the campground on Sunday. And uh, you're from an organisa- organisation called Tauri Kura. Can you just explain uh, what the organisation is all about first up? Uh, kia ora. Um, yeah, sorry, I just laughed, Erin, because I don't trot the doctor out. And so every time I hear the doctor, it's sort of I immediately think of anal probes. Um, <laughs> so, <yeah>. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it, it's real, but still. Um, so, Tauri Kura is an organisation that is, um, it's my colleague, um, Kawena Jones. Unfortunately, he's been sick lately. Um, so, he and I, um, we, we're very interested in, in kind of increasing the organisational cultural competence, cultural sustainability. We do what we call a heart project. So, it has to... Um, it has to be something that finds with our values. We're a social enterprise. So this big kaupapa that we're doing now, Manatangata Manamangai, um, we were shoulder tapped to put forward a proposal to trust Waikato. So it's about increasing the kind of civics literacy, if you like, helping people understand how important councils are, how the decisions that they make impact everything outside your front door. Um, we talk about the five po. We've got wai, whenua, whare, waka and whanau. So basically... Everything concerning those things, whether it's transport, whether it's water, whether it's the land, environment, where your housing can go, all of that's controlled by local government. What happens um, here, I mean, I know we've just talked about how an engaged community Raglan is, and you're amazing. You know, I mean, you've got a really full-on community board, etc. So you guys uh, are a model, really, for Waikato District, which only had 34% people voting last time. Mm. So we really need engaged diverse people and perspectives in those spaces, and we currently don't have that. Um, Here in Waikato District, um, we have just had a representation review, which means all the ward boundaries have changed. Yes. (laughs) So you'll be voting, in your case, you'll probably be voting for the same person, but the the districts have changed for your voting. So on Sunday, the Huya Hapori is really just come and understand. It'll be interactive. It'll be fun. We'll feed you. um, But just come and understand why it matters to you, why your voice matters. Um, You know, yeah, just basically... A bit more about how councils work and why having a range of engaged people in those spaces um, is important. Okay, and what's your background and your and also personally your interest in in the, being in this field? <laughs> well, like I said, we do kind of what we call heart projects. I'm quite late career, um, um, so yeah, I have the privilege of being able to do things that matter to me and matter to my values. So we kind of unashamedly. Um, promote Te Ao Māori, we privilege Te Ao Māori, but that doesn't mean, it's all it's inclusive, but it's that old saying, what's good for Māori is good for the world, that sense of, it's not only our responsibility to those who've come before, but it's also our responsibility to generations ahead, so the three-year election cycle, etc. And Raglan is a brilliant community. You're modelling, you know, you've got your community plan, you've, you know, you've got that engagement, so you're already um, ahead of the game in many ways, uh, my background, well, originally actually kind of in, no, actually originally in physics, but that's another story. Um, right. So I've kind of come through the community NGO, um, especially originally mental health. My academic career has been around community mental health organisations, but very much about working in that not-for-profit space. Um, yeah, flax roots community organisations that are at the heart of their communities trying to improve the well-being of all. So, so that's my background. Kaui came out of Waikato Tainui. I always so spent, sorry, a long time teaching at Tawananga Aotearoa, developing and delivering a degree in adult education. Um, Kaui came out of Waikato Tainui originally and then has had stints at Amotai, which is about 
social procurement around local communities supporting local businesses and particularly Māori businesses, Pacifica businesses. Um, and now he's currently at Kaingawara looking at papakaing, you know, developing housing projects yeah. that allow families to stay in the areas they want to and belong to. Yeah, we've got one of those just getting underway out here now as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. The Rangatiki project, is that the one? Is it Orangatia? Yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah, I do yeah. know about it. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, where are we going with this? Um, yeah, the the importance of local government. You've kind of established that it is important because all the decisions have been made, or decisions yeah. have been made about all sorts of things happening locally. How do you persuade people that it's important? <laughs> well, hopefully, like we like I said, this is kind of interactive. It's just and and like I said, on Sunday we'll have the opportunity to to showcase some of the projects that you guys have already done, like your wolf projects, your extreme waste, all sorts of things um, that you have managed to do by having an engaged community. Um, so, the, yeah, basically. If it's not people like you, if the people in those spaces making decisions on your behalf don't look like you, don't think like you, don't have the same cultural lens as you, then they're making decisions that aren't actually in your favour. So diversity improves effectiveness. It changes the conversations. It gets a much richer set of, um, of factors, if you like, comes into decision making. So it tends to lead to much better outcomes, much more long-term outcomes. So we really need those diverse voices um, in those spaces so the decision-making improves and doesn't narrowly um, privilege particular voices in our community. What about um, especially persuading, like you've got to focus on getting young people interested and getting young people to stand. Um, That seems like a, a challenging area to be in. Yeah, so this is why we, we're doing two prongs. So we have these community wānanga, the Huia Hapuri, and one of those is on Sunday out at Papahua House or Papahua um, Campgrounds. Um, the other side is what we call Mangai Tonaki. So that's trying to build up a collective of support for potential candidates, for potential campaign supporters, um, for potential community champions. So the next one of those, we've done a live stream of very successful. We had a blooming someone phone in from America on one of our live streams. So the COVID disruption has proved to be sort of have a silver lining. We say it's a wider journey and we just, so the silver lining has meant that our reach on the live stream has gone right throughout the mutu. Um, So that's been very successful. But what we need is to have those local face-to-face, if you like, our tīnana wānangas as well, that allow people to come together, share ideas and be supportive of each other. So, for example, we have great young leaders, but they do, you know, why would they go into a space like that? They could feel isolated or unsupported. So come along, come along on Tuesday. That's at Almighty Pa and Whatawhata. So that's the second prong is, you know, one prong is to get people out to vote and understand why it matters to vote. The other is to give them somebody really great to vote for. And Māngai Tonaki is about creating that collective of support so anybody thinking of standing doesn't have to feel alone or isolated or have no idea what they're doing. Um, next Tuesday in particular, we actually have your councillor, um, Lisa Thompson, um, and also Gareth Bellamy, who's a senior transport engineer for um, Waikato District. So they'll be able to present and give an idea of how council works and how those two aspects of council, the elected arm and the operational arm, work together for effective results. So rangatahi in particular, they're not, they're not scared of political spaces. They just need to realise or recognise or be supported to go, hey, you could be effective in this space. It wouldn't be wasting your time or energy 
to get into this space. Yeah, and yeah. there is support available. That's the important thing, that people don't need to be on their own. I think we saw with the the school strikes for climate change that, that the young mm. generation is, is certainly ready to do something. Uh, but Absolutely. I found, I found myself, even in my 30s, like the first time I walked into the community board meeting, it was, a very, it, was, it was like I'd walked into a foreign culture, even though there were people there who looked like me. Um, yeah. I, I didn't know the first thing that I had to do or how to conduct myself or anything, really. Yeah. Um, well, actually, and that's the other thing we um, sorry anybody's welcome yeah. to email us I think you have our details but the other thing we've did that sort of come out of the live stream but also out of a series we ran called Taikie which again had originally been meant to be face to face but we we needed to go online because of COVID. But the positive of that is we now have our own YouTube channel. So mana tangata mana mangai. So that, what that has enabled us to do is we've got videos, videos of these great speakers, including young speakers. So we've got Mokotapania, for example, up north. And, I mean, he's just amazing. I mean, the man will be Prime Minister, hopefully. Um, Meredith Akuhata-Brown from Tairawhiti, you know. These are, and, oh, of course, the wonderful Tipa Mahuta. Um, so these are great speakers. So if you've ever just kind of been vaguely interested, go and listen to them. They're really um, eloquent and, and, in many cases, funny as well. But they talk about the realities and, and the, um, like Tipa will say, she said, if you've ever been on a school committee or on Marae board, believe me, you're ready for council. So... There is that encouragement and support, and it's not just an old person space. Um, Mukul talks about, um, for example, the using standing orders. So he didn't. He, he talks about what he calls the four fuckers. Sorry, but that's yeah. that's wrong. But it's hilarious. So one is whakafanaungatanga is about relationships. So that's his four big tips for getting on in council and being able to, like you say, navigate an alien space. So one is just build those relationships, know who's in the room. The other is whakakemu, which is what you're talking about. Know the game, you know, yeah. understand the rules. Um, and, and, and it doesn't take that long. They all say there's a lot of reading, but people are there to help you. People are there wanting you to succeed. The other one he says is whakareriki. If, if you're banging your head up against a brick wall, change your strategy. Um, and the final one is whakareka, which is basically sweeten the deal. You know, if go and talk to people over coffee, buy people lollies, appreciate the things that people do. And that makes the whole, I hate that word machinery because it does sound so clinical, but it makes the organism of council work better if people are focused on those, and that's very much from Te Māori, focused on those connection type relationships um, to allow the whole thing to be um, effective as a as a, um, I hate that we're machines, sorry, as, a, as an ecosystem, <laughs> if you like, um, yeah. rather than seeing yourself as an individual in an alien space. Some, something that I, that I imagine will be challenging for some people coming into, like, like I've talked with a few councillors from over the other side of the, the deviation here from, um, mm. from in, the, in the Waikato Council, and if, and if you're getting it, if you're a councillor on there like, like Lisa Thompson is, um, you're going to hear uh, perspectives and opinions that really great, that great yeah. to you and you know and produce an emotional response in you is there some way you can prepare people for so, for something like that to learn to put it aside if you have to or, or what do you do you know come on tuesday i'm not a counselor <laughs> but, but lisa speaks very eloquently about that she's not the only one yeah. um and that's another reason why we need people who represent our values and views in those spaces because yes there are some people who've been in there they've gone in there unopposed Sorry, I get referred to by Sharon Tarangi as the wanky academic, so sorry if it sounds a bit academic. But um, but my kind of go-to is the biggest threat to our democracy is incumbents going in unopposed. And in Waikato District, they're not alone, but they're probably one of the 
most effective. We've had years and years and years of people going in unopposed and they represent, in many cases, just their own view rather than their communities um, and very particular views um, and particular groups that they lobby for. So um, it, it, I can imagine, I, I think Lisa's amazing. I don't think, I'd, I don't play nicely with others. I probably would have a terrible job myself. But like she says, it's about relationships. It's about collaboration. It's mm. about knowing you can't win every battle. And most voters don't expect you to. They just expect you to be authentic. If we can have a whole lot of authentic candidates standing um, who are willing to collaborate, who are willing to listen to a diverse range of views, we are going to get so much better decision-making you know, than people going in with an entrenched attitude because they've been there for 20 years already. Yeah, and, and I think maybe people don't quite realise, we have talked about it on, at this station, that the ward boundaries are completely changing. There's now yeah. two Māori wards yeah. specifically, which means less of the other wards, so there's been com- combinings and breaking aparts. And yeah. I think our I think our ward here at Raglan, which will become Whangaroa, is probably the only one that's staying kind of the same. Yeah, um, yeah, and so that that is does as we talked before. That's a once in a generation opportunity because a lot of those incumbents I've been talking about, people have been in the role for twenty years with never having to actually campaign. Um, that's a lot of them are standing down, or a few or several of them are standing down, including the mayor. Um, and now we will have a kind of hopefully re-energised um, campaign um, campaigning period. Um, so yes, the, the, where you thought you voted last year, um, you could be voting somewhere different. Like you say, Whangaroa has kind of stayed similar. Um, the other thing about that is, see, the Māori wards, there are two now. So yes, there's eight general wards. Um, but the Māori wards, of course, the only people who can vote in those are if you're on the Māori roll. Yeah. Um, so that's another thing is that some people who really pushed for the Māori wards are going to be really disappointed when they find they can't vote this year because they can't change roll options until 2024. All there right. Are, there are movements going through Parliament. They were already going through before um, Rawiri Waititi's um, private members bill came up as well, which created a more incited a whole lot of dog whistling um, that was already going through Parliament to change that so that Māori don't have to wait f- every five years till the census year before they can make a strategic decision about which ward would be better or which electorate would be better for them to vote in. That's a so bit of institutional need... racism, that really, a, a, oh, something yeah. like that. That's pretty clear. Of course it is, but you've yeah. already got, you know, sort of some some of the um, talking heads which... I can't believe how much of a platform they get on mainstream media. Um, talking heads are already talking about gaming the system and all sorts of ridiculous nonsense. Um, so, yeah, so that, that hopefully that will go through, but it won't go through in time for October. Yeah. So there's a, we still need great candidates standing in every seat. The Māori wards have a particular constituency. They are deliberate, you know, they're specifically looking through that Māori constituency lens. But we need diverse candidates and councillors in all our general community spaces, you know. So, I mean, in a way, if you've you've got that thing of kind of, oh, you know, all the Māori are going to vote in the Māori wards, it's a form of apartheid, really. I mean, Māori are also a member of general communities with with the general interests and the general um, issues that, that affect everybody. And, and and over the long term, I guess it'll be an individual decision for everybody about which ward they, they prefer to vote yeah. on or which role they prefer to vote on. Absolutely. And the other thing that people don't realise, which is why I think um, certain right-wing politicians got on the bandwagon so quickly, um, by gaming the system, what they mean is that actually how many Māori seats, for example, we have in Parliament and 
in principle how many Māori wards we have um, depends on the number on the Māori roll. So, um, in other words, seven, seven Māori seats isn't a fixed number, yeah. um, that could change if, if lots of people went on the Māori roll. But it should be a strategic decision for Māori that they want to place their vote where it's going to be the most effective. So being on a Māori ward or being on a um, general ward will depend on who's standing, really, and that's the way it should be. That's, yeah, that's just being able to not waste your vote. As far as gaming the system goes, I mean, everybody's gaming the system. Like, oh, that's but also politics. To refer to Māori being enfranchised strategically as being gaming the system was just racist dog whistling. There's no other, you know, yeah. and like you say, it's totally institutionalised, sadly. Well, since while we're talking about racist dog whistling, let's talk about the, <laughs> the Three Waters debate, um, yeah. the controversy. I actually don't know, I don't understand what the concern is around that, yeah. that somehow it's become a race <laughs> issue. Are you even yeah, are you able exactly. to explain to me what people are worried about? <laughs> Well, that's the thing. And again, the talking heads you get on TV that are so, and the Hobson's Pledge, you're allowed to put those awful oh, yes. apocalyptic ads. Um, no, the whole thing is that, that and this, this they're, they're the talking points about um, it being a, an asset rather than a liability. Most councils can't afford the infrastructure to to maintain um, our precious taonga, which is just so vital. I mean, as you know, we've got the trade-offs between, you know, 60 billion litres being taken out of pristine waters to go in plastic bottles to China. You know, so don't tell me people don't own water already. People are exploiting and making money out of it mm. left, right and centre. And the, the thing is that it makes absolute sense to have end-to-end -end oversight of that whole system so that you don't get the situation where people are able to, for example, intensely ir uh, irrigate, you know, up one end of a, of a water system and the next minute further down the road, you know, the Punawai and the streams and all the rest of it are, are drying up. So end-to-end -end oversight, common sense is a, is a, is a no-brainer, not just for right here and now. And I thought it was a bit of a cheek for Philip, uh, Phil Goff to go on and on about um, Auckland and whether it's an asset and we've, we've been managing our water. Like hell they have. They've just taken 160 billion litres extra a day just signed off to take out of the Waikato. Their Hanua Dam has got massive great cracks in it. Their old um, CEO who was on whatever it was, 700 grand, they had droughts last year. People, water restrictions, and their answer to that is to take more out of the Waikato. So sorry, Phil. Don't talk to me about this great asset you have and how well you've looked after it. You know, and that's the trouble. When you're only looking on a three-year election cycle and when ratepayers, you know, potentially have to, in, in small rural communities, of course, are worse because they don't have that many ratepayers. Um, little towns like Tairua, you know, so their actual ratepayers um, and, and town is quite small, but of course then they get the tourists flooding in, et cetera, et cetera. Their infrastructure just can't cope and they don't have a, a body of, Putia to look after their sewage system, for for example, which goes out into the sea, etc. So, to have fairness for all, we shouldn't have a few people being able to exploit water and and make personal profit out of it at what is obviously huge expense to the rest of us. I mean, aside from climate change, you just have to look at what's happening in terms of droughts. Um, you know, the, the whole the whole water table is is a is a huge. Um, immediate as well as future concern for all of us. And sorry, I just I see everything that comes out of there as being absolute um, 
racist dog whistling, you know, the, the people they put on TV. The other thing, too, is that's come out of it, of course, that they've, they're throwing up this um, other one about co-governance. Even Chris Finlayson, and he was the Treaty Minister for the National Party. Yeah. You know, co-governance has been around forever, and it's worked really, really successfully. And I don't know if you saw just on Monday, I think, that in Topol and the Tudangi district have just created a co-governance arrangement um, with the type between Manafena and the Topol uh, District Council. And man, they were both, you know, both sides are talking about what an amazing arrangement this is and about how it's good for the whole community. It's, you know, it's not about... Yeah, yeah, there's nothing to be scared of, as Chris Finlayson says. So, so, so are they? Just, are they are, can I just leap in? Are they are they saying that somehow ownership is going to be transferred from from everybody to Maori? No, somehow? That's, that's that's the. Um, that's what I don't understand. The, the dog whistle. It's yeah, so not, but it's, that's what I'm saying. Is that what they're actually saying? That's that's not what's happening, but that is what is trying to be implied by certain right-wing politicians okay, yeah. in particular and mayors in particular. But there's some really – you don't have to dig far to find a far more sensible, reasoned approach. And the thing about joint management and co-governance arrangements is they've been around for ages and they've worked really, really effectively. All the Tupunamonga and Tamaki are under a joint management arrangement. The Waikato River, as part of the treaty settlement, has been under joint management forever. And it's only to the benefit of everyone. It keeps our water's, you know, safe, it, it benefits the whole community to have that perspective and those um, those voices in those decision-making avenues. All right, folks, we're talking to Dr. Kirsty Barber about, well, we're talking about civics, which is, uh, I want to ask a question about civics. Should we be teaching yeah. civics in school or would that potentially make it worse if it was done the wrong way? Like, um, I must admit, when I did the research before we put forward this proposal, I was kind of appalled at for a start how little there was, yeah. uh, nothing, basically. Um, and the stuff that was there was very um, Puritan. It was all about duty and responsibility and compliance and being a wage slave, basically. Nothing about education as transformation. Their idea of civics education was to teach people how to be dutiful citizens, um, which isn't really the point, and it's not It's not good practice um, you know, globally. Yeah. Um, it's about understanding the spaces you work in. So civics is everything. It's every engagement you have really um, with your community is civics. Um, but yes, I do believe we need to have a much better understanding. Students need to come out of school, but in all sorts of other spaces, um, understanding more about how um, our systems of, of governance and government work so that they can participate more authoritatively. Um, most people don't understand, they particularly don't understand about local government, um, the role that local government has or how many decisions are made at local mm. council levels that deeply impact not only what's happening now, but like I said, for generations to come. Um, so it, it and once a decision's made by someone who's in there for a three-year turn with his own little, you know, bandwagon, um, that those decisions stay. To turn to reverse them is is much much harder. So having great people who just are thoughtful, they don't need to have huge skills, just have be thoughtful, be used to working with others, being able to create consensus out of diverse perspectives. You know, that's that's what we need making decisions about our current situation, but also what it's going to be like for our tamariki mokopuna, um, others in the future. Have you been talking to um, young people about anyone who is interested in running or think maybe one day in the future they'd like to run? Like I'm interested, like like I've, 
I don't know. I, I coach a kids' soccer team and uh, teenagers, but we never talk about this sort of thing, right? Like, yeah. like I don't, I'm not aware of any of them wanting to do something like that. And I yeah. and I imagine they'd think it was not for them. Like, are there yeah. people out there who think it might be for them? Yeah, hopefully. Um, I'm not that demographic, as you probably worked out. So, <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, because we know that and because of the research we did. So, for example, um, someone we've got working with us that um, is basically taking care of the social media side. We, When we interviewed people, we also interviewed what we call our tangata whenua cohort. So that was people who knew nothing about this, you know, like. We had one person say to us, you know, what's a ward? Or um, another one said, um, I don't care. I don't know because I don't know what, sorry. I don't care because I don't know. So yeah. that helped us really understand that so few people actually have any, that's so alien and foreign. But what came out of that was, so we got a rangatahi group to create some TikToks um, and they're still doing it. But So, and especially in Māori Dim, there are great young leaders. And like you said, school strike for climate, etc. It's just they don't have the pathways into these spaces. So it's mm. not of interest to them because it does seem alien. So that's one of the things that we're trying to do is, is demystify a lot of that and help people realise. But one of these young women that's been doing our TikToks for us, on the basis of what she learned, and she knew nothing to start with, she's now signed on for the Tuya programme. Now, that comes out of the Mayor's Trust Force for Jobs thing that's, that's yeah. nationwide. Yeah. And it's an amazing mentoring programme that actually mentors young people through um, you know, through kind of leadership roles and they have a, a local councillor or a mayor who also mentors them. So down in Waipaja, Milchrist has been very, very um, committed to that. So yep. he's um, mentored a lot of great young people down there. Um, someone who's working in, or two people actually, working in Hamilton City Council and the Waikato Regional Council space, Dana Eriapa. Man, she's she's just an incredible young woman. She's now a tuakana for she went through the original program and now she's gone up to that kind of high level. Um, but what she's doing with youth and working in the schools is amazing. Mishwela McDonald at Waikato Regional Council has developed a youth council. Um, so, you know, and is responsible for Rangatahi Voices, which is um, an online kind of program that they've put together now that actually canvassed where Rangatahi are at and what they think. And um, I noticed that Western Community Centre is running a Rangatahi can't quite remember, co-design thing um, in a couple of weeks down in Hyde Street in Hamilton. So there are some great people doing some great things and youth are engaged, but it's just our little piece of that puzzle maybe is to help them take that that energy and that awareness of of what their futures look like and then and use it and perhaps in a space that seems a bit foreign. Yeah, yeah. So... um you, you guys, let's go over again what, what's happening on Sunday, 10.30 at the Hui Room at Papahua, at the campground. Um, we're talking to Dr. Kirsty Barber from Taurikura. And, yeah, what's the event again? Okay, so we, it's a it's a Hui Ahapuri or Community Wana. Everybody's welcome. And it'll be fun and it'll be interactive. Um, so, you know, we've got little activities and stuff just to help people understand and, and talk to each other, talk to their neighbours um, about what's going on in this community, how much influence does council have, um, you know, what to the new, and just understanding the new system, because like you said, we've got new ward boundaries, um, and just understanding more about why having a voice in local democracy matters, um, and start to focus their own ideas, well, what matters to me, and what matters to my community and my neighbours, and what kind of a candidate might I look for who will represent those perspectives and values in a council space. And like I said, we're also hoping to still encourage nominations don't open till the middle of July. So we're still hoping to get some people that come along and go, 
actually, you know, I could stand. Um, and that's why we're doing the two-pronged approach. So we have the one on Sunday, and we're doing that all around Waikato District, having these huia, hapori, or community wānangas. But also on Tuesday, we have our face-to-face, what we call mangai taunaki, which is supporting potential candidates. Now, you don't have to have already decided you want to stand. Just come and have a jack noi and, and have a look and um, talk to talk to others and realise that there is support. On Tuesday, which is at Almaido Pa and Whatafata, um, we'll have your own councillor, Lisa Thompson, will be speaking, and also Gareth Bellamy, who's a senior transport engineer. So they'll between them, they'll be able to help people understand how to navigate the system, how council actually works, and uh, what the relationship is between the elected branch and the operational branch. Um, and we'll feed you. We always feed you. Very so. important. <laughs> uh, now, were you guys doing this at the last election three years ago? No, so we, we only got um, asked to put this forward, um, but it kind of arose out of the fact that Koe actually stood in the last elections, and I was kind of, you know, his wingman, ranged around all the candidate events and blah, blah, yeah, blah, 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 yeah. and stuff. Um, so we kind of both had our eyes opened a lot about um, about some of the realities of local government, and also, as a candidate, being aware just how little information, support, resources were around for even how to begin to start a campaign, yeah. um, including being given um, conflicting and incorrect advice from so-called official sources. So, um, and then when Koei, who, who ran a great campaign and was very, very um, well received by everybody he spoke to, and then when he lost, it was like, oh, how'd that happen? Because yeah. that wasn't the feeling we got off the floor. And then we realised that certain groups vote as blocks. Yeah. Um, and, and you, you know, so, yeah, so when you've got such a low turnout, and so that's why one of the reasons we're, we're not, it's, it's not exclusive at all, but we're really putting that, um, that um, branch out, if you like, particularly to Māori and other underrepresented communities like young people, trying to help them understand that this is for them and that if we can get the 60% who didn't vote, to vote next time, we're going to get a better um, set of councillors, a more diverse range of councillors in those spaces. Yeah. And like I said, greater diversity means better outcomes. End of story. And I think um, Kobe was up against what we were talking about earlier, which was a long-standing incumbent candidate who, yeah. who in a rural seat, I think that's what I've noticed actually in the Waikato district is the rural seats, they just don't change until someone decides to retire yeah. in the past. Well, you have, well, especially in the before, and you get... And it's that case, again, it's that self-fulfilling prophecy. You get people like me voting for people like me, if you know what I mean. So that's the thing. The only people they drag out are people who are like them. Those are the only people who bother to get out and vote. And you have some pretty concentrated lobbying blocks. And they, so they don't vote as individuals, you know, especially in a rural area. You know, you get them voting in a block. And that's been the problem. They've been allowed to do that for forever because the rest of the community doesn't understand how important it is and that if you're only getting one particular perspective about all sorts of things from land use to water use to the the environment to where housing can go etc if you've only got one particular perspective um, making decisions you're only getting one type of decision too so um, they're not considering the conversations aren't diverse either so there's a whole heap of factors that you and i would probably consider really important that aren't even being considered in those spaces because you've got such a narrow lens yeah yeah so i I think from my perspective just listening to you i think one of the biggest things you're doing is providing support for candidates who are who aren't familiar with the system yeah and and 
and even aren't familiar with most of the people who are already in the system. You know, it's yeah, and and exactly standing candidate, long standing candidates. Yeah, and so many people, right, when we do it again, the, the rangaho or the research aspect of this project was able to carry on outside COVID, which is why we were met, we, over Zoom, we were able to um, develop relationships with some unbelievably inspirational people throughout the mutu. And like I said, we have those videos, you know, and they're really worth watching. They're fun to watch aside from anything else. So they're on a YouTube channel. Um, but yeah, understanding so many of the ones that we talked to who are in council spaces said they spent the first six, if not 18 months, just trying to learn how it went. Yeah. So um, they didn't, they couldn't be effective just because it took the learning curve was so steep. And induction processes vary between councils. So that's one of the things that we're hoping to do. And like I said, on Tuesday, we'll have Lisa and Gareth talk. So hopefully with that, those kinds of wānangas that we can have leading up to the election, new councillors and candidates will have a much more informed platform. You know, they'll be able to hit the ground running. So, yeah, that, that's the one on Tuesday for anybody who's ever thought, or oh, just thought they like like to support someone else, you know, um, they or just want to go out and champion this in the community. You don't have to make a decision about standing. We're not pressuring anybody to stand, but um, it will be useful for anybody. And, yeah, if you've ever considered it um, and, 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 like Tipper says and Lisa says, you know, honestly, you don't need a particular set of skills. You know, I will find you. Um, but you do um, because people want you to succeed. There is support available. Yeah. And if we can be part of that kitty that just holds people up, you know, um, people will talk to you. People will help you. People will help you understand you. And and that's one of the big things that's happened in the past. And Koei experienced that to some extent. Um, though, of course, he had the backing of his hapu. But um you know, you're not isolated, but it can feel very isolating. So that's what we're trying to do is build that wraparound of support, allow people to be able to share ideas and experiences with each other, um, and then have people like Lisa and Gareth come in and say, hey, this is the way it works. You know, this is how you can get ahead. Um, and, and, and like I said, our YouTubes too, the, the, the videos that we've got on our YouTube channel help will help you too. What name should they look for on the YouTube? Oh, so Mana Tangata, Mana Mangai, that's M-A-N-A. Tangata, um, T-A-N-G-A-T-A, Mana Mangai, M-A-A-N-G-A-I. So um, <clears throat> that's the YouTube channel. And we, like I said, we've got brilliant people, um, Meredith Akuhata-Brown, um, Mokotapania, Benita Bigham, who is from Taranaki, but she's also the chair of Tamarawata Roku Whakahairi, which is the, the Māori arm inside local government NZ, which has gone from strength to strength over the last few years. Um, Tipa Mahuta, who is always an amazing list, you know, she's she's great. Um, and they all are. They're, they're, um, um, Hiniwai Ormsby from Hawke's Bay Regional Council, Baden Barber, who's now the iwi chair for Kahungunu from Hawke's Bay, uh, from Hastings rather. So, you know, there's some very, if you ever thought, oh, grief, no, it's, um, they, they, these are the kinds of people who are in that space, but they're not, they haven't necessarily, people don't know of them. So if you wanted to feel, you know, oh yeah, okay, there's others like me and they're all willing to help, um, then go and have a look at some of those people. Okay. And just one other question I wanted to ask. Like, people might run this time and might not get elected. Do you have a perspective that they might, people might need to build, uh, there might need to be awareness built about them that they might not get in the first time? They might run again in three years and get in then? Is that kind of. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, this, like I said, the, we personally believe um, 
that if we can get more people out to vote, the big thing about it is, I mean, some people have put it really cynically, like it's just a popularity contest, but <clears throat> less than that, it's more about name and facial recognition. So, and that's something we can help people with is just, and with social media, of course, community, Facebook pages, etc. cetera, uh, Mukul, because he's got a huge demographic up in far north, you know, it's a huge geographical space. So he went round to every single community and took little video clips of himself at, in every community. So. There are many, many ways now that you can get mm. that name and facial recognition. And honestly, that's the big one, is people need to connect you and your face to a voting paper. Um, so it's not that hard in the era of social media, but you right. need to get going. Talking to people um, really matters. Um, so there are also more than people realise. So you can stand for your community board in Raglan, for example, um, your the district council or the regional councils. Um, so, so there are many ways to participate. Some people don't, and you know, aren't quite ready for council. It's a bit scary. So, you know, stand for your community board. Um, I don't know that people think three years ahead if they don't get in this time, but I do believe, and I think COVID's changed things a lot too, especially for our Māori candidates, um, because they've been more visible. I mean, I know in our own community of Fatafata, and I know out there in Whangaroa, <clears throat> you know, the COVID um centres, the the kai distribution, like we, we distributed kai all around our yeah. area and right yeah. out as far as Te Aumutu, that kind of thing. So people and then, you know, that's a lot of non-Māori as well who were just blown away by how quickly and how effectively we could mobilise, for example, just out of Almighty power here in Whatafata, yeah. whereas the bigger bureaucratic organisations. So people became a bit more visible then, I think. I think a lot of um, I, I think the last two years have changed things. I've, so, yeah, just just get your face and your name out there. And all there's all those free spaces as well as doing the things like billboards and stuff. So, um, and start talking to people. It's never too early to talk to people. You know, if you go into the dairy, you know, just like oh, hey, I'm thinking about standing for council. What would be the issues that matter to you? Mm. You know, I'm or just just finding, getting a feel for it. But honestly. So many seats have only one person standing, if that. So I, I think if with a reasonable amount of effort, especially if you started now, you know, there's no real reason why people should be unsuccessful, especially in a new environment with new ward boundaries. Yeah. yeah. Okay, <coughs> awesome. Hey, folks, we've been talking to Dr. Kirsty Barber, yes. and, and the, uh, the wananga is, uh, remind us again, on Sunday on Sunday is at Papahua at the Hui Room. So that's for anybody in the community that just wants to understand a bit more about local government and what that might mean for your community. Um, there'll be the Enrolment Commission will be there so you can enrol because that's okay. a really big one. Nobody wants to be involved in special voting. That's when it gets really complicated. So um, they'll be there to, you know, so you'll be able to enrol on the spot if you haven't. Uh, especially for you young ones coming out of school, you know, that are just turning 18 or turn 18 before October. Um, of course, as I keep saying, we'll feed you. Um, so it should be fun. Um, talk to your neighbours, get an understanding of the issues that matter for your community and and understand how the process works and why your voice matters. Yeah, awesome. So Thanks. that's Sunday, 10.30, and goes to 1.30 with Kai in the middle. Okay. Thanks heaps for your time this morning, Kirsty. Cool. Thank you. All right, folks, there you go. Dr. Kirsty Barber from uh, Totokura, and I don't need to say any more. She said it all. Um, 
if you forget the time, just check our What's On guide, which is on the RaglanRadio.com website. You can always check anything that's happening in Raglan. It's a nice comprehensive guide that we've got for the community there now, and the details of that event will be listed there.